Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to the Progressive Britain podcast. This is the extra show for episode 46 with guest Catherine Llewellyn. I'm Progress Deputy Editor Connor Pope, and this week I'm going to be talking to my colleagues about their summer beach read recommendations. Joe Cox, Digital Assistant. What books do you want to recommend? Uh, so the first one that I would recommend is uh, Things Can Only Get Better by John O'Farrell. <laughs> of um, course. Yeah, quite an old one now. Um, but so when I was about 16, I was a bit of a fan of the Lib Dems and my mum was not happy at all. So she gave me this book and I read it and changed my mind and joined the Labour Party instead. I, I didn't know that you liked the Lib Dems. Well, That's disgraceful. Ev- ev- everyone did. It was no. Clegmania. I certainly didn't. Clegmania. Oh, that's yeah. when you were about to... Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. That is quite a cheerful book. You can definitely read that on a on a beach and you know kind of enjoy it. It's not a, it's not too heavy going, is it? Not not at all. It's 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 just a nice sort of read about the Labour Party leaving the wilderness. Did you read his follow up that came out last year? I didn't. It's been on my list for a long time. It's oh, one can... of the ones I've never got to. Well, instead of doing that, you could just listen to the live podcast that we did with him about that book, <laughs> and it's it's as good as reading it. <laughs> yeah, understand? I'm sure. I'm sure. So, what book have you been reading at the moment, though? Uh, so, at the moment, I'm reading a book called Why Fonts Matter, um, which fonts is, fonts. Yeah, why why fonts matter, <laughs> which is all about. Um, typefaces okay. how you see them in everyday life and yeah that sort of thing not not the kind of fonts that you get water in that you baptize babies with uh, absolutely it's absolutely shockingly that, nothing to do with baptizing they're babies. also very important <laughs> <laughs> very important <laughs> in a very different way um, but you're enjoying this book about typefaces are you i am i am it's, it's the sort of thing that makes you realize as you're reading it how much you interact with different typefaces in your sort of everyday life and um, it's just something that you sort of never think about. You never realise that, you know, by the time you've got up and had breakfast and gotten off the tube and you're walking sort of to, to the office, you, you don't realise that you probably interact with hundreds of different typefaces by that point, um, all of which are doing very clever, different things, very subtly. Wow, that sounds brilliant. Thanks, yeah, Joe. No problem. Katie Curtis, events manager, what do you want to recommend? Hi, when I, I thought about this, I came up with two books. So I'd like to give an honourable mention uh, to The Vindication of Rights of Women by my hero, Mary Wollstonecraft. Mm, of course, um, classic. A cl- absolute classic. <laughs> I mean, surely everyone mentions this. A book that's over 200 years old, uh, but as relevant to modern feminism yeah. as it was when it was first published. And I like it, it was just Mary basically saying... Why are all these men getting to say stuff? <laughs> we want to say stuff too. Excellent. And what's your uh, second book? Uh, so my absolute favourite book of all time uh, is a book that uh, has had the most impact on me. And I can sit here and say even 10 years on, I can still feel the, all the things it made me feel uh, when I first read it. And that's The Death and Life of Charlie St. Cloud by Ben Sherwood. 
I don't think I've ever heard of it, actually. Is no, so um, I, I suspect if there's any Zac Efron fans uh, listening <laughs> to this podcast, I expect loads, uh, they will be currently rolling their eyes because it was a, a quite a terrible film that oh, even the beauty of Zac uh, could not rescue. <laughs> uh, but, but so people probably know the film rather than the book. So it's a novel, is it? It is. And when was it? When did it come out? So that it came out in two thousand and five. Yeah, cool. What kind of roughly? What kind of a book um, is it? Other than the type that can be made into a Zac Efron film. Yeah. No. So it's 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 a uh, a book about loss, love, uh, liberation, and. Um, and second chances. Oh, great. Well, Katie, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Kemi Butt, our membership and finance officer, what book do you want to recommend? I would like to recommend my favourite book called Ugly by mm-hmm. Constant Briscoe. Um, it's a true story about her life. So she was telling us, the, the readers, about her childhood in um, more vivid detail about how her mum used to like abuse her mm. mentally and physically. And she speaks about a lot about her childhood as well. She speaks about how she used to wet the bed all the time and how her mum used to like beat her for wetting the bed. Mm. And then she would have sleepovers at other people's houses, but she wouldn't wet the bed there. It was more like a psychological thing that was going on with her. So um, I don't know why, I don't know why it's my favorite book, but Mm. it's one of those things where sometimes when you're growing up, you're kind of like sheltered and you kind of assume that everyone had the same childhood that you do. And when I read that book, I realized there's so much more that I just didn't really know about the world. And that's why it's my favorite book. So how long ago did you read it? I was like 13. Oh, of course. Cool. So it stuck with you for a really long yeah. time. Oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> and do you, know, do you know roughly when it came out? Was it quite new when it came out? In 2006. Okay, great. Well, Kemi, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Stephanie Lloyd, Deputy Director, what book would you like to recommend? So I am recommending truly cheerful read, uh, but very, very good, uh, which is called The War on Women by Sue Lloyd Roberts. Um, Now, if you don't know anything about Sue, she was unbelievable. Um, She joined ITN as a news trainee and went on to become the UK's first female video journalist to report alone from kind of outposts in the Soviet Union and Iran. Um, So she's a a phenomenal journalist. uh, And she basically, the book uh, takes you through a numerous amount of chapters about uh, the different troubles facing women all over the world. So it's really interesting to hear about things that aren't the kind of typical uh, kind of UK feminist problems in lots of ways, the Equal mm. Pay Act and things like that. But it goes through uh, things like FGM, historical injustices that women have faced, uh, looks at um, women having their children removed in Ireland uh, in the 50s and 60s. So like, it's, a, it's an absolutely beautifully written kind of portrayal of uh, the struggles that women around the world face. But what it does is it beautifully picks out individual stories of people who uh, fight back uh, and the kind of brave feminist sisters around the world who have really kind of fought the patriarchy as much as possible. Uh, and the thing that's even more kind of beautiful about the book in the way that it works is actually Sue sadly died just before she finished the book and actually uh, the kind of book this kind of tail end, tail end of both of it is her daughter kind of finished this project that she knew meant so much to her mum so it's a really beautiful book in lots of ways mm. not the most cheerful read but <laughs> also very inspiring is it a newish book or it's quite new i think it came out last year mm. but i've just convinced my mum to start reading it as oh, well fantastic. so to carry on the mother daughter theme of it oh brilliant well steph thank you very much Richard Angel, Progress Director, what books have you been reading this summer? So I have read David Miliband's Rescue, his essay that became a lovely book about, um, and it was a TED 
talk, I believe, about how the world is changing, the number of people that are uh, migrants and refugees in mm. the world, the number of people currently uh, in refugee camps I think would make the 20th biggest country in the world or something, and what policies that might be and what it means particularly for first world economies like Britain uh, and America, etc., and what their obligations are to take their part in that. Because, of course, the poorest countries in the world have the most mm. displaced people, either internally or refugees from other countries. And we have this massive debate about actually a small number, uh, and that needs uh, realigning. I've read Andrew Donis and Will Hutton's Saving Britain, the kind <laughs> of why it's wrong to leave the EU, but why mm. people weren't wrong to pick that option necessarily, because right. what they call the kind of shit life syndrome is a real problem out there. And of course, the distraction of Brexit means when nobody is dealing with the causes of Brexit and why it came about, and they have a kind of uh, manifesto for renewed social democracy that could have dealt with some of those challenges and what a uh, a government worth its salt would be doing right now if that were to come about. But the one I want to talk about is, I was surprised that I am reading it, um, (laughs) uh, and so it's probably a surprising recommendation, but it's called The Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare, Churchill's Mavericks Who Plotted Hitler's Defeat. It's by Charles Milton. And I came about it because I was looking for a particular book when I was uh, in New York. Somebody had recommended uh, that I go to this amazing bookshop, and it absolutely uh, was. It's called Shakespeare's. And uh, absolutely wonderful bookshop. And I went to look for a book. They didn't have it, but they recommended this book. So I took it away. And I thought, considering in the last few months of the Labour Party, we've been kind of educated by Ken Livingstone about various vagaries <laughs> of the Second World War and these kind of eccentric points of interest that he seems to think should be great historical fact that we all need to know about. And I thought I might actually learn about some amazing British people who mm-hmm. did their bit to um, help Britain win the war. And it goes through, and they are um, a eclectic group of people, uh, women and men, who go to extraordinary lengths to essentially undermine Hitler's attempt to win the war. And it is kind of, uh, the author, uh, Giles Minton, likens it to the untold story of Bletchley Park, which of course, because of um, what happened to Alan Turing and um, how he was treated and the pardons that have come afterwards, again, has been a kind of a Second World War history that's been uh, that's resurfaced mm. recently, and we all feel we know a little bit more about that. There was this amazing group of people who were uh, breaking the Enigma Code that nobody knew about, and then how they did their bit to plot through that information so the Nazis didn't know the Enigma Code had been broken. So this is a kind of it's not quite that; it's a slightly separate, but it's absolutely fascinating and brilliant, and shows uh, both Churchill's. Uh, massive role that he played in the war and how he had this kind of much bigger view of how you win a war than broadly the army did. But it's also been a nice reminder that one of the frustrations for the post-war Labour leadership was the reason why Britain won the war was because Churchill was the only Tory that was amenable to Labour because Labour were not the peaceniks of it. It was Chamberlain who was desperately trying to appease, of course, the Nazis. Mm. And it was Churchill and the Labour Party that was up for the fight of winning this for Britain. And uh, anyway, I thought that was a... I've not heard of this book. Is it? Is it new? It came out uh, a, a year ago. I think okay. it was April 2017. So it's okay. relatively new and fresh. And I'm really loving it. So it's And it's clearly been done by an academic and but it's written as if it's a it's a really engaging way of doing it. And it's it's brilliant. And I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I will keep an eye out for it. Richard, thank you. During the week, we also heard from Martin Sloman, who's recently authored a memoir, Labour's Failure and My Small Part in It. 
chronicling 50 years of party membership. He recommended Citizen Clem, John Bue's biography of Clement Attlee, and the novel Our Friends in Berlin, an espionage thriller by Anthony Quinn, set during the Second World War. For the pub quiz this week, I asked who the first member of the House of Lords was to choose to have their peerage designated to somewhere in Nigeria. Alistair Harding once again was straight out with the answer, that man deserves a medal. He said Sir Arthur Richard, who'd been governor of Nigeria, was Baron Milverton of Lagos and of Clifton in the city of Bristol. Uh, Remember to send in any comments and questions, leave a review, rate and subscribe on iTunes and Progressive Britain will be back on Tuesday next week. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Progressive Britain podcast with Connor Pope and Richard Angel. The music is When in the West by Blue Dot Sessions, licensed under Creative Commons. And this episode was produced by Carolyn Crampton. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.